Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related media. So TV shows, literature, comics, computer games, theatre, audio dramas, theme parks, you name it. If it's either been adapted from or into a movie, we tend to cover these sort of things on this podcast. So um, we're really pleased for this one to welcome back a recurring guest joining us from the US. We have producer Pete Mealy. Welcome back to the podcast, Pete. Thanks so much for having me, guys. You know, this is my favorite thing to do. Indeed. And it's scary. You know, you were last on in March of last year. So it's been some time, actually, <laughs> scarily. Oh, but, nice. uh, but I'm pleased to say we managed to meet up in that time when I was on a stopover in New York and we managed to grab a, a bite to eat, didn't we? Which was. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> thank you so much for reaching out. It was great to finally meet you in person. Uh, Simon, looking forward to getting a chance to meet you. Well, um, I'm might be coming to new york this year um depending on how finances are but uh if i if i'm over there i will certainly uh uh, meet up with you sounds good Uh, sounds good yeah i'm hoping to get to see your film right uh ah oh look at you look at you really nice thinking because we were about to say this is uh this is obviously, we, we've been off the air for a while. We didn't do a Christmas or New Year episode this year. And um, this is our first one back. And, and there is a really good reason for that, which, uh, which you've um, <laughs> alluded to there. So thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the reason why we've, we've not done a podcast, because there was no Star Wars films over Christmas. I mean, what can you do? You know, <laughs> there was nothing to talk about. Um, no, uh, the real reason why uh, we've sort of been off the airwaves is that um, I've been hard at work finishing Modern Love and uh, lots lots of things going on to, to get it finished. And it's all a little bit manic at the moment because uh, we're trying to get it all done for the end of February because uh, I've got people for you know short periods of time because uh, a lot of them have given their time up for free or for very little money uh so uh yeah hard at work doing that and um we're sort of inching closer to the finishing line so yeah and uh keith will be pleased to know that he doesn't have to do any more filming for me yay (laughs) (laughs) uh no i mean it was I, i i didn't mind at all it's a lot of fun it was just uh you know, scheduling is always a problem with these things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, locations and <laughs> all other kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to start showing it to people. And, um, you know, it's, um, what can I say? It's uh, I can't wait to show it to everybody. So, um, yes, you know. Uh, hopefully all will go well and uh, we'll start um, I'll start getting it out there sort of from March onwards ah well done anyway so good stuff well I watched the trailer on YouTube and I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of it oh excellent excellent yeah it's it's been a long time in the making Uh, 2011 was when we shot the first part 
So. Wow. Yeah. That's scary, isn't it? Wow, yeah. <laughs> and I, I believe um, in terms of good timing, I believe uh, Steven Soderbergh has also got a uh, project coming out called Modern Love this year as well. Oh, you're <laughs> so. kidding. Oh, no. no. I, 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 I think so. I think it, I might have got the filmmaker wrong, but I'm pretty certain um, he's attached to something called uh, Modern Love, which is going to be a, a, a TV series. Oh, okay. That's fine. TV series is fine. I yeah. just, I have this bad luck when it comes to film titles because um, <laughs> originally when we were making Blood and Roses, it was called There Will Be Blood. Oh, yes. And then a certain Mr. P.T. Anderson. <laughs> Yeah. yeah 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 for 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 a short while the script was known as there will be blood and um yes we got uh beaten to the punch and you know when you're going up against a, a big film like that you you just have to change the title there's <laughs> no oh no we'll we'll be the other there'll be blood yeah indeed indeed mm. oh well um so for today, <laughs> we are uh, here to discuss, as we usually do with Pete, um, there has been the, re the launch of season two of Star Trek Discovery. Obviously, we had a few episodes um, last year about the first season, which um, I haven't had a chance to go back and review. So hopefully there won't be too much repetition here. Um, by the time this this podcast actually airs uh there would have probably been at least the third episode uh screened if not more um but we don't have any particular agenda as such for this it's it's gonna very much just be a discussion um where we'll probably look into the production the stories and characters and whatever and dare i say it the the canon <laughs> of star trek but whatever, there will be spoilers involved in this. So if you haven't yet watched episodes one and two of Star Trek Discovery season two, then you might want to hit pause, go do that and uh, come back and join us later. Um, although I'm sure most of you are already there. So, um, so yeah, there we go. And also, I mean, guys, I don't know. Do we want to discuss Trek shorts or, or, or not bother with that? Uh, I never got a chance to see them, so... Neither did I. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I, well, they are yeah. available. <laughs> they're, a, yeah. they're, they're available as a bit of filler, and... Um, I'm yeah. just reading about them on Wikipedia right now, yeah. and uh, I don't know, based on the... based on the short episode synopses, I I don't know that I will ever go back and pick these up. Mm. Well, they're, they're, they're not... They're, I've seen them, and they're certainly not essential to the plot in any way. Um, there's one that's sort of a Tilly-centric episode. Uh, it is really like a compressed episode of Star Trek, very much, you know. But it's uh, it focuses around Tilly uh, and a sort of little mini-adventure she has on the Discovery. Um, there's one that delves into Saru's back backstory uh, on his home planet. And... Um, how he came to uh, to leave his planet to to join Starfleet, and how he met uh, Captain Giorgio. Um, there's one that takes place like a thousand years in the future on the Discovery, which is kind of uh, 
pretty much divorced from anything that we know, apart from the fact that it takes place on a deserted uh, USS Discovery, which is interesting. Uh, it's probably the, 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 the most interesting out of all of them. And then there's one that focuses on Harry Mudd, um, which, uh, yeah, it's actually directed by, um, oh, I'm blanking. The, the guy who's playing the young Harry Mudd at the moment. Rain um, Wilson. Rain, Rain Wilson, thank you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of a fun episode, but I had a few problems with it. But it's probably not worth getting into if you guys haven't seen it. So uh, <laughs> I will so, say about them, there, there, there is an interesting reason why they were made. Um, I mean, the whole... Because Netflix has not put as much money into the second series as it, it, it did in the first one. Um, Netflix, I guess, felt that the first series didn't perform very well for them. And so they weren't prepared to put as much money into it. So um, CBS decided to create these shorts. A, to sort of, you know, so they would put them out on, you know, their streaming service. But also to try and sell them you know, to overseas broadcasters so that they could, you know, raise m more money to, s to complete series two of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, it, it's it's funny that, you know, they, they went down this sort of short um, uh, way. I guess... Um, they didn't have much money to make them, so it's why you get like the empty set of Discovery, or you get Tilly and nobody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, so. yeah, it, it's kind of filler for when the the second series starts. Yeah, well, we're sort of entering a we're sort of entering a bit of a, um, a strange time, an exciting time, however you want to look at it for Star Trek at the moment, because. Um, you know, uh, it looks like the movie side of, of Star Trek, you know, the Paramount-owned uh, material, which was obviously the Kelvin timeline for many reasons, um, you know, may not continue. However, uh, it looks like we're going to get a lot more um, web-based, TV-based, whatever, Star Trek um, moving forward because there's been things like... Uh, uh, a Captain Picard show, which which takes place furthest in the prime timeline that we've that we've gone so far, i.e., post Nemesis. Um, well, actually, supposedly it's supposed to be post Calvin timeline as well. It's supposed to take place after the events of um, uh, the Romulans' uh, planet being destroyed by the supernova. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. After after Spock's, you know, uh, yeah, injected the red matter and all this into the, the supernova and the destruction of Romulus and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. So we've got that and various other shows um, in development as well. So it's, uh, you know, depending on one's point of view, I guess that's either uh, exciting or not. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Pete? I'm excited uh, by it, uh, just because, you know, I'm excited about any Star Trek. Um, I think any Star Trek is has the possibility to be good. Um, I, I guess 
if if I had my choice, no, I would not have done a new Picard series. Uh, for a while, there was talk about a Worf centric series, uh, and I'll be honest, that one I really was interested in. Um, I would have loved to have seen a Worf series go down like some. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting that feeling again where I'm going too nerdy and I haven't said <laughs> enough yet. But um, <laughs> you know, there's like there's like some fan and extended universe stuff where Worf goes back and rises in power and Klingon houses. And um, like, I'd be interested in watching that show. I'm 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 remaining optimistic for a Picard centric show. Um, but, uh, I have my concerns, I guess is the best way to say it. Well, I mean, at least one thing is it is something that's moving forward and not, you know, further in the timeline and not, you know, like everything else doing, going back and trying to sort of fit into the already established timeline, like, like they've done for the last, you know, 10 years between the movies and, and this show, which, uh, I think it's refreshing from that point of view that it's going to be sort of set 20 years on since we last saw Picard. And of course it will be 20 years since, uh, scarily 20 years since Patrick Stewart last played Picard. So, you you know, I I think it's, I think it's kind of intriguing from that point of view. Um, What do you think, Simon? I'm sort of reserving judgment on the, the Picard show because I mean, Yes, you know, Captain Picard was the, you know, the leader in uh, Next Generation. But, you know, you had the rest of the crew. I mean, you know, no Riker, no Deanna Troy, no Beverly Crusher, you know, no Worf. I mean, it, no Wesley. <laughs> it, you know, no, well, that's certainly no Data. Or maybe yeah. it's before now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you know, mm-hmm. and Geordie. I mean, it, it that that show was made up by that whole crew, and so just having a show that's you know based around Picard, and you know, how are they going to play it? Are they going to play it like how his character was in All Good Things? Yes, because uh, that would be about. In fact, again, you know, real time wise, that would be about right, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah be dealing with the mental illness and um gosh you know what would be funny is if they just did a full season of just picard farming grapes no drama <laughs> just every week an hour of him in a great field pruning oh that would be a great social experiment <laughs> while while geordie's off getting his eyes done yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, i mean the, the thing is though i mean as as we've seen by discovery they they will want to go with a more action-based um series with him and you know it's just i i will just have to wait and see what they do with it i mean i really don't want to see action picard which we got in the movies you know when he's swinging off ropes and you know fighting board queens and all kinds of stuff you know it's john John luke mclean yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean (laughs) I mean, it was. I, I I I loved it. I loved the movies, you know, to a certain point. Um, and so it was kind of, you know, interesting to see, you know, Picard, you know, 
roll up his sleeves or get in his vest and you know start punching things and stuff i mean also with first contact we got a very angry um picard so i mean it, it all depends what they do with him i mean if they did it like if he was like um like a uh admiral oh god um I'm gonna murder this, but from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, uh, Adama. Adama. If we had him as like an Adama character, I'd be that'd be fine. You know, an older statesman kind of character that'd be great. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we we really don't know. I mean, at the moment, it's it's only been announced. They brought him out. He said he was great to be coming back to the role. Looking forward to doing it. And that's all we know. Until we actually see something, um, no idea. Yeah, um, he, he just wants to get in there before he's replaced by that James McAvoy guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, all right, well, I, I suppose we better talk about Discovery then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just want to add, I am kind of sad to see the 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 end of the... the, the uh, the Calvin like um, timeline films, it's it's a shame, you know, it's a real shame because I enjoyed two out of three, <laughs> not yes, no, yeah, number no. two, and um, they 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 were they with the third one they were finally getting their footing, I felt, and that was it. The it's it's sort of sort of all over just because it didn't do so well as as the others did. Yeah, I, I mean, we could we could literally do a whole podcast on this, but I mm. mean, there there are so many, you know, not just creative reasons oh, and yeah. financial legal reasons, reasons yeah. but there are loads of legal reasons, bizarre legal reasons as to, uh, you know, why that can't continue, and it's all to do with rights and, uh, you know, um, it being. A percentage different to other trek and and all these sort of really complex legal things as well as schedules and money and agents and creative decisions and all of that stuff so unfortunately yes we we got half as many with uh with the timeline uh with the kelvin yeah, timeline yeah. crew as we did with the uh with our friends over in the prime line so um yeah never mind <laughs> I, I will say if, if people want to learn more about it, there's some very good videos on it uh, from uh, on YouTube from a, a channel called Midnight's Edge, and they 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 really go in quite in depth about what's been happening with the films and the TV series and sort of all the sort of background uh, going goings on. So um, they go into it much more detail than we we could ever. This is true. This is true. So. Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 1, Brother. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we left Season 1, and I know we talked about this, where we were all both excited and scared of the <laughs> fact that they, you know, the, the Discovery at the end encounters a distress signal and come face to face with the USS Enterprise. And I know I was like, oh dear, are they really going to go there? And they kind of 
half went there, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they chickened out. Yes, although I'm kind of, in some respects, pleased that they chickened out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of. Um, uh y- y- you know they 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 definitely they've definitely had a course correction here um mm. with, with 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 the show um and i don't know it's it, again it's one of those shows that's kind of unique in in star trek in so much as you know th- throughout the television history of star trek and the movies come to that um you know, it's gone through its various showrunners, but they all sort of had their, you know, you know, obviously Roddenberry with the original series and the beginning of, of um, uh, Next, Gen, Next Gen. And then it became sort of Rick Berman's baby right the way sort of through to the the end of Enterprise and, and all of the other shows. And then on, on the big screen, you know, it was very much a Harv Bennett, um, Nicholas Mayer kind of led series of films and then of course you know jj and his team for for the kelvin stuff but um you you know obviously in season one of this we had the departure of brian fuller who was who was developing the show in the first place and then uh my understanding is you you know part way through this season there has indeed been another change in in showrunners and it's sort of all Alex Kurt- Kurtzman's baby moving forward. So again, it's it's been a um, there's there's been a lot of politics and a lot of stuff going on with this production that um, previous Star Trek productions haven't suffered from uh, in as severe way as this. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know. Uh, I guess I, I have not been reading up on uh, this season. Um, I know that I think last season, uh, you know, it had it suffered somewhat from the the like changes and um, tonal conflicts that were going on, right? That you could see in watching uh, that that at times there were two different types of stories that were trying to come out, uh, and um, but I think in the end it was successful in telling a good story. Uh, so in the end, I think it worked. Uh, I, it's funny that you mention it because now, um, one of the things that I noticed was, you know, at the end of the first episode, there's, there's the teaser that's like, uh, what, what's to come in Star Trek discovery season two. Um, right. Did you guys get that, um, on Netflix as well? I'm watching it on the CBS app. Um, no, no. I don't think we did. No, no. Uh. no. Oh, that's too bad. There, 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 there might be like a a trailer on Netflix to show you what the the whole season's going to be like, and I I know I've seen the trailer. Did you see the thing that had like Giorgio as like a snake kind of in one shot? No, I confess I've not. I've tried to avoid okay. the trailers, but oh, okay. uh, I know. Okay, sorry. I know, I, I, no, I'm well aware that Giorgio comes back, and um, mm. uh, you know, and there's this whole. Well, we we were almost going to do an episode, weren't we, about section thirty-one? Uh, yeah. Which, we, which, hey, we we may still do that in the future, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, um, so I bring it up because uh, the the trailer that they are putting out is very 
action intrigue Star Trek. Right. And um, the first two episodes of season two are, uh, I keep likening them to, uh, do you guys get the show uh, Supernatural? Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. This is like Star Trek Supernatural almost. Um, excuse and, my igno- excuse my ignorance. Even though oh, okay. I'm well aware of Supernatural, and and obviously it's been a hugely long running TV show, the pilot of which was directed by David Nutter, by the way. Um, but I thought I'd throw <laughs> that in there. Um, but uh, but 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 when you say a Supernatural esque Star Trek, uh, what exactly are you meaning by that? Sorry. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I mean that they they're setting up this season to me it seems like or at least the immediate story arc to revolve around the red angel character we fired off the spoiler homes right yeah um yeah so uh they it's like resolve revolving around this red angel they talk about um you know uh they they change the arthur c clark law um uh about magic to be about divinity or religion um, which, which I disagree with in some sense. Um, so it seems like there's this undertone of religion or the supernatural where there is a deity like entity that is, uh, impacting the universe as part of some higher plan. Right. And that's where these 12, is it 12? I don't remember the red, uh, signals are coming yeah, I, from. I think, I think there's seven. I think seven, they said seven, right. and of course we've got I think fourteen episodes. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Guessing. <laughs> well, they've so, already visited uh, too, so five to go. Already, yeah, five to go. <laughs> but so it just strikes me like um, the 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 production teasers are are trumping up this you know spy intrigue action drama section thirty one um, right and Vogue and the uh, the Klingons are coming back. And, um, but the only thing we've gotten so far is, is, uh, the red angel is, is, uh, uh, making changes in the universe to improve everyone's life. And Spock has been having nightmares about it since his childhood. Um, which is, you know, the, it, it seems to play up the supernatural aspects of the universe, um, versus, versus, you know, sort of cloak and dagger spy, section 31 stuff and and i'm not against it but um it does it, it it it's reminiscent of those changes and those conflicting stories that were uh struggling against each other in season one i wonder if that's playing up again for season two quite mm. quite possibly i mean i mean it's i mean it's no speculation at the moment because I, I mean we know section 31's coming into it but we're not quite sure how they're, they're going to play into it uh, if they're actually anything to do with the rain, Red Angel or it's just something completely different. Literally like, uh, you know, this week we're just going to go somewhere else and we'll forget about the uh, what's going on the main storyline. Um, I know I've uh, been watching uh, Sabrina on Netflix and I... I, I I'd seen some reviews and they had all complained about the fact that they, in the middle, there was like creature of the week episodes where they went away from the main storyline. 
And I think the Section 31 storyline may be a case of that. It might be a case of this side side mission of the week, you know. Uh, we're just going to move away from the main story. Which would be really wild to me that, that that's going to be what you, you know, promote literally in the... Um in the treaser. Yeah, well, you got to promote yeah. all the action, man. That's that's what that's what they're aiming for. They're, it's that weird thing where it, it's like it's Star Trek, but it's not for Star Trek fans. It's <laughs> for the general masses, because Star Trek fans, as big as they are, only make up a small percentage of the wider, you know, viewing public, and especially because they want people to sign up for CBS Access. You know, they got to. They, they, they're sort of casting their net wide. And uh, so with, with the trailers and everything, it's all like, you know, oh, it's all going to be about the action. Because I know the, the differences between episode one and episode two were quite quite noticeable. I mean, episode one, you got the, you know, action, you know, thrilling, fast moving. And then the second episode, New Eden, you got more of a, kind of a classic Star Trek episode. Well oh, definitely. They've been yeah. down and they've been down to a planet and they have to sort of, you know, you know, the first directive. Though they don't call it the first directive. No, the prime, it's not direct, prime directive. Prime, it's prime directive general or, general order one, one which yeah. is to be one. fair in keeping with the original series actually, so that does make sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um and so there's some sort of there's some there's a moral to the story, you know, and but there is that thing about faith. Faith, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting because it was very, uh, you know, I just I saw uh, the second episode called New Eden as just being more like a sort of traditional Star Trek episode, something that we may have saw in like Next Generation. And, but then the whole sort of, you know, uh, Christopher Pike sort of being very much in step with the the religion of the planet, which seemed to be a combination of um, of lots of religions apart from science. But yet you had the one character who still believed in science and still had was still playing with technology, sort of under the radar from everybody else who had sort of embraced. Um, I guess a more sort of uh, rural life and you yeah. know just believing in you know these different religions and, and believing in the red angel no absolutely I mean um, I totally agree I, I feel that the the second episode New Eden was probably the the most like a traditional Star Trek episode whether it be original series um you know, next gen or Voyager or whatever, you know, um, then, then anything discovery's done so far, definitely. But, but, you know, before we sort of jump ahead to that, let's just, um, <laughs> let's just stay with, with, with brother a little bit. And, okay. um, and just like, uh, I mean, ov- obviously a lot happens in this episode. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, let's let's start literally with the beginning so we have this this flashback um well we have we have uh a voiceover of michael burnham talking about you know you know the the african uh you know story about 
you know the girl that throws the uh um throws up the stars and it and you, you know and it kind of feeds into the uh the, the the whole um you know these these red objects uh this map of the stars with these red op- objects that we've got and she then of encodes course the mystery of the universe indeed in indeed. the stars in the story indeed. yeah indeed yeah. absolutely and then very course, subtle yeah very well yeah and then and then of course we get this um you know our first flashback which uh you know is is the day that sarek and and amanda um welcome a young michael burnham into their home and uh well spot gives her a different kind of vulcan hello doesn't he (laughs) 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 i mean uh i I don't know what 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 how how do you guys i mean how do you uh, i I know i've got my thoughts but what are yours How, how do you guys feel about the fact that in this series we're even you know, we've even got Spock and we're obviously inevitably going to be dealing with with a younger Spock here at some point. How, how do you guys feel about that? I um, I have mixed feelings on it um, as uh, so as much as I, uh, you, you know, like initially buck at the um, the portrayal of of emo emotional conflicted Spock. Um, I mean, that boy is very emo Spock, right? Like, no, uh, from, from the images I've seen, he looks more like Paul McCartney in uh, the let be face of the Beatles. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I was going with the austere haircut and just the, the like skulking frown mm. and just like, all the shots are him just sort of standing in a corner watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what we've seen so far, but uh, just from the images of, uh, of older Spock. Yeah. Which, which older is, Spock. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is nepotism on a whole nother level now, because it, this is, this is Gregory Peck's grandson, right? Be playing <laughs> yeah. Spock. So it's like, Oh my God, you, you, you know, it used to be the, 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 the son of, or the, or the sibling of, but the grandson of now, it's like, oh my God, we're, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, I don't know. The, uh, uh, so what I was saying was that I, I would like to, my initial reactions are always like, Ugh. but then the more I think about it, the more sort of in line, the, tortured uh uh psyche of a half human half vulcan um resonates for me right like it makes sense to me Mm. and um and i um this morning i kept thinking about that uh uh the the episode from the original series where uh nurse chapel is like oh spock's sick and tries to bring him soup and he throws it after her out out into the hallway um you know and do you remember that one do you know what i'm talking about have i made this up in my mind <laughs> i think so i must admit it's been a while since i've seen the original series okay but um i i just was playing that scene over and over in my head and and then thinking it and being like yeah like i can understand that um the character development of of having this person who was uh you know half human half vulcan um 
and and all of the conflicting and raging emotions that that involved made sense to me that uh, the I can see how the character is supposed to progress and it makes logical sense to me and so um, the, you know we've only had very minor exposure to it uh, but so my initial uh, hesitation I think is is warming over and relaxing well I mean I I remember what I was saying last time I was like you know um, you, you knew they were going to bring these out uh, you, you just hoped that they wouldn't uh, you know that we knew these you know characters were out there but they wouldn't be part of this story and it does feel like well you know we've got to get the viewers back uh, people didn't quite enjoy the last one and so um, we, we you know we're, we're making it more trek I know I was saying that they they're aiming this at the masses, but they are also still trying to get you know those things that people know. So everybody's heard of Spock. Mm. Everybody knows who Mister Spock is. So we'll get Spock back in, and uh, how quickly he'll come into it and how long he'll be in it for, I don't know. Um, we you know, I mean, I find it kind of interesting that um, we learn that he hasn't gone on some sort of mission. Uh, he's not sort of out there currently, you know, waiting to be picked up somewhere along the way. That he is actually uh, in a mental institute, and he's, you know, he's he's sat, he's sanctioned himself, you know, because of these nightmares he's having. So, I found that kind of interesting, because usually mm. uh, with a, a character like that, they would be out there searching for what the source is and you know and then discovery would come across him you'll you'll either be in a a shuttle that's been crippled or he's crashed into a planet and he's saving and you know they turn up there we're getting a a federation beacon let's beam down there oh mr spark you know (laughs) (laughs) that's that's how i kind of saw it uh from the um from the trailers so i i find it kind of interesting that they'll probably at some point have to kind of convince him to unsanction himself to uh, kind of make him, you know, say you're not insane or, you know, you're not a danger to other people. I mean, we don't know the reasons why he's decided to take this action apart from the fact that he's been having these nightmares since he was a kid, even though Mm. it's kind of weird that he draws his nightmares to get rid of them and uh, the creature he draws at the beginning as does not look anything to do with what's going on with the red angel <laughs> unless it does but it, it just it seems to be some random space creature. yeah not yet yeah uh, i'm sure it won't be though no. particularly particularly reading between the lines of what pete said about giorgio appearing as a snake i'm mm. like mm, okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it felt more nice. of a, a kind don't, of... Don't read too much into that. That was, it was yeah. literally, it's like three frames oh, right. of of a, um, yeah. And and it's one of those things where I'm like, did I see that? So yeah. that's why I was floating it past you guys. I mean, as, as we're sort of dealing with, I guess, uh, sort of spiritual things and stuff, we, we may have an episode where um, either we, it's, it's, 
it's to do with dreams or it could be a mind meld it could be a mind meld episode yes yeah yes it mm. could be uh, uh spock going into his sister's mind and vice versa so uh that could be uh, from what that's from so who knows i mean again just speculation uh but um they they do seem to be sort of going back to the the cradle of the original series and next generation and, and kind of doing those kind of well what we've seen with new eden kind of doing those stories but also doing the sort of bombastic more like the kelvin timeline stories I mean, the whole thing yeah. with the pods very felt. It felt much like the jetpack oh, sequence out of oh, Into Darkness. The pods was so, a direct rip. Yeah, yeah well, direct uh, uh, rip. Of the first two films, so basically it was a mixture of mm. the yeah. the um, you know the free fall down to the the platform in the first film and the debris field with uh, Kirk and Khan in in Into Darkness. You know, right down to the the. Um, you know the, the the visor or the pod getting split by some debris and yeah. starting to crack. Um, you know we we had the we had the mouthy um, red shirt. Well, in shirt. this case, it wasn't a red shirt. In this case, but that, that yeah. was the only thing they subverted. Actually, is yeah. they made they made it the blue shirt rather than the red shirt. But you, you, you know, it was. I mean, bear in mind, Alex Kurtzman was a co-writer on on both of those uh, first two. Um, Kelvin timeline films and um you, you know you you can certainly almost see him like sort of borrowing from himself on this because you, you you know you know that scene was so reminiscent of it and certainly I mean I have to say the production values on the episode in in terms of the visual effects and everything was was absolutely superb because it looked amazing um also I've noticed that this season they've gone to Full full two thirty five to one aspect ratio, whereas um, the, the the first season was kind of like a compromise between sixteen nine and two three five, uh, but they've they've gone you know full that, so it really did look like watching a movie, and um, you you know it has come a long way. Those those visual effects were sort of on par with you know what we've seen in the in the recent movies i think and um but yes it was it was almost like a <laughs> direct um i guess one could say homage or rip off <laughs> yeah of, of those scenes you oh know. and we're we're getting back into the the old star trek territory of that budget wise not every episode can be big bombastic so we're gonna have the the quieter shows like we did with new eden uh, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I don't think they even showed the uh, the ring getting pulled away uh, from New Eden, right? Like, there's yeah. just like a there was just the the voiceover is like, oh yeah, that thing worked. <laughs> <laughs> we we saved the planet. We figured it out. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we, we we saw the whole bit with the um, the 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 meteor that or the chunk of the uh, the meteor. Um, from the first episode and they were using that to drag the debris yeah. away. Um, but, like I would have yeah. thought that would have been like a huge moment, but yeah, it wasn't. I guess it was right. just, it was super quick compared to the, yeah. the two minutes of getting into the meteor. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the thing is, because um, it was a Tilly moment, they they kind of went for more of the sort of comic effect of her being on the bridge in her, you know, um, dressing gown. Scrubs. Scrubs yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing is, I mean, back, back, just back real quick to the Spock thing. Um, I mean, my, my, my worry, as I said, in the, in the, in the previous time we discussed this is um, when you take characters like, you know, Christopher Pike and number one and Sarek and Amanda and, and Harry Mudd and, 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 you know, those, those guys, um, they, they've always been sort of secondary characters in, in, in Star Trek and, you know, haven't had a massive amount of screen time um, so far. But the thing is, obviously, as you pointed out, Spock is the most iconic character in the whole of Star Trek. And um, uh, obviously, there is still a lot about his his backstory that, that, that we don't know, because obviously, as Spock pointed out in Star Trek V, he, he does not often talk about the past. I am slightly worried because, of course, this, you know, uh, I, I thought, Zachary Quinto um, in the films, sort of not, he was a dead ringer for, for a sort of a young Nimoy and, you know, he, he knocked it out of the park really. And essentially in terms of, uh, of the actual year, um, even though we're in a different alternate reality, a different timeline, you know, we, we are on the same sort of, same sort of date as, as, as the, uh, the first Star Trek reboot movie takes place. So, you know, having another actor already, well, I say already, it's been a decade, I suppose, but, you know, already filling those Nimoy shoes is, um, you know, always, always a tad worrying, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to sort of give it the benefit of the doubt and see, see how it goes, I guess. But, uh, uh, you know, I do sometimes wish, as I've said before, that they just, explore the new characters that they've got and and sort of stop this hearkening back to the uh <laughs> to the previously established characters you know <laughs> can i just sort of say about that point i i mean you just summing up everything that's wrong with films at the moment and tv is that they just they they no faith in anything new they gotta keep going back to the world they gotta keep going back to things that people know because they think that will get people to come and see it. And it's going to get a point. There's going to become such a saturation point with this stuff that people will just will not want to know because it's, I mean, how much, I mean, you know, we, we love Spock and, you know, we, we've seen him in so much of Star Trek and, but, to sort of redo it and you know kind of give him some form of uh you know to, to delve into his backstory we, we don't need that but they're doing it because they they need the viewership they you know it's that whole thing it's like well when's spot gonna be on there where's where's the you know what point is he gonna come into it when's spot coming into it and it's gonna bring people to watch the show because they'll be like oh when's spot gonna be on it but mm. i mean i mean i don't know they might do a good they might do a good job with spot they might not um that's the danger but i mean 
as as you said, I would have really have liked to learn more about these other characters, and we're now you know we're, we're sort of getting more into the original track. I mean, I I think so far I'm quite happy with the actor playing Christopher Pike, and I'm quite happy with how he is you know in the show because Christopher yeah. Pike again was a character who in the original series, you know, appeared in the pilot and then appeared in the pilot reformed as a two-parter in the original series. So, you know, you got double Christopher Pike there. Um, so that's somebody who you can, you can develop. And that was one of the good things that they did with the Kelvin timeline in the original, the first film, you know, the whole stuff with Christopher Pike was great. And the fact that he didn't die at the end of that one, spoilers if you've not seen it, <laughs> was, you know, for me was quite a you know revelation because we all knew that, you know, something horrible happened to him or, you know, he he went back to the planet where you know, the episode of The Cage took, uh, took place. But then, you know, when they killed him off into darkness, I was just like, oh, what a, you know, that was, that was stupid. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. I think the the actor playing him, he's doing a really good job. Um, he seems to his character seems to be more of a um, a Star Trek character. Is more of a captain we we're, we're used to seeing, and um, I think you know it's. I'm I'm interested to see where they go with it. I mean, it's just a shame that they. Did you, I mean, obviously the, the big, you know, tip of the hat to the cage with the uh, fortune cookie finds, <laughs> you know, yes. talking about, you know, uh, I can't remember what the quote was, but a cage was mentioned in it. And it's like, well, you know, you kind of reboot, you are rebooting the timeline, you know, we know you're doing it. We know you, you, you got a series with Kirk and Spock. You know, you're getting it ready to go. You got the Enterprise. You got the model for it now. You know, you've you've got a potential Spock. You know, you just need to find somebody to play Kirk Bones. You know, you you you, you can see what CBS is kind of doing. They're they're setting the groundwork for to to reboot the original series because you know they they get a lot of mileage out of it, but. Hey, we want to get those new fans. We, you know, we want it to to look like the rest of uh, like Discovery and stuff. Mm. And in, in some ways, what, seeing the Enterprise on screen, I wanted to see more of it. <laughs> I must admit, I was like, when they flew away from it, it was like, no, no, please, I'd like to see the new Enterprise. But <laughs> yeah, we, we got to see Spock's quarters, but that was about it, really, wasn't it? Which, which incidentally, I thought had a lot of influence from. The quarters of his that we see in Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Yeah, lots of nods to to you know all the sort of iconic things we know about Spock, including the three uh, D chessboard. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the, the 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 casting. I mean, you know, when when it came to the uh, the JJ's movie, I was really happy with the casting of Bruce Greenwood as. Yeah. Christopher Pike, because I, I saw him as a that a believable piece of casting of um you know following on from Jeffrey Hunter in 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 the cage, and I feel 
equally pl- pleased with with Ants and Mount. I think um, what we've seen so far, um, I like the way he plays it. I like the way we're expanding on Pike's character. Uh, I'm loving the fact that, you know, because this is obviously post the cage, um, you, you know, it, it's interesting this, the fact that the Enterprise crew, you know, were deep on their five-year mission and therefore sort of missed the the war with the Klingons. And, um, y- you know, he's he's bothered by that. Mm. Uh, as it, as he gave away in the first episode, and um, uh, I, I thought that's quite an interesting uh, take on it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really I'm really liking this guy, and I also one of the things I, I I liked both as a character beat, but also uh, I thought they were very clever in in doing this for the audience as well. Is you know. Obviously, CBS Access and um, Netflix and whatever are hoping that this will open up to a new audience that potentially didn't see season one. And one of the things I thought he did that was really cool and it was great for the audience as well as the character was when he came and asked for a roll call of the bridge crew. And, uh, you you know, that kind of made sense to me because as someone who um, often sort of hen- heads up meetings in, in my day job. And, you know, when I've been a production manager and stuff in the past, um, you, you, you know, going around the table and, and sort of, you, you know, understanding who everyone is and what their, what their function is, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. But I also thought it was a really good way of introducing that main bridge crew to anyone that hadn't seen discovery at that point and and i just thought that you know things like that and and you know him his record his service record coming up on the screen and him sort of saying you know i'm not Lorca, and and you know all of that without being a soliloquy of a speech it, mm. it, it was it moved along it was not in fact pacing wise it very much reminded me again of star trek 2009 when um you know when they get called uh y- y- you know to vulcan um, and, uh, uh, y- y- you know, Pike takes command of the Enterprise and, you know, again, kind of everybody gets in- introduced, but really quickly. And he's like, you know, helm uh, thrusters, let's go, you know, punch it and all this. And, it happened, and this had that same sort of kinetic feel to it. So I, I did I did like the way that that was handled. You know, there was um, a line in it, which I found kind of perplexing. So, yeah, we. The Enterprise had been away on its five-year mission uh, away from the war, and uh, Michael Burnham says that uh, that was done because the Enterprise was a weapon of last resort. That's an interesting thing to say. I don't know what she meant by that. And also, if they brought it up, is it something that's going to play into the the rest of the series is there going to be a finale where we find out why the enterprise would be a weapon of last resort because mm. yeah it was an it yeah. was a weird thing to bring up i yeah, think that- it to just mean that um is like an explanation for why 
you, you know, you didn't hear about the Enterprise in season one, and then all of a sudden the Enterprise shows up fine. I, I did just take it as a throwaway. Right. Um, as like a way to, you know, quickly explain away uh, and give a little backstory as to why you didn't see the Enterprise in the Klingon War. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, kind of, I kind of got the same out of it. I, I, I sort of felt that they were essentially saying that the Enterprise was sort of too far out to actually, you know, come back. The, the whole five-year mission thing, yeah, I, I, I understood that. Uh, but, um, but it was just that Michael Burns line about them being a weapon of last resort or the Enterprise being a weapon of last resort. It just, that was a bit odd. We didn't need that because... Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. the, the Enterprise is the Enterprise, you know, it's the flagship of the Federation, so... One of the things Mm. I thought was quite interesting, actually, on that point is obviously, you know, the Enterprise comes and, you know, the Helms, the Helms woman whose name I keep forgetting, you know, she she remarks on what a beauty the Enterprise is. But then but then when they beam aboard, I did like the fact that, um, you know, the the officers from the Enterprise comment on uh, Discovery saying you know, in this universe where there is no money, uh, they made the uh, the line of, you, you know, I now see where the Federation's been, you know, or Starfleet's been putting all its pennies. And uh, and he says, you know, thou, thou shalt not cover somebody else's starship. starship besides, yeah. besides, we got the new uniforms, <laughs> which, which was good. But, mm. but it just goes to show you that, you know, obviously the Enterprise has already been on a, five-year mission and has been sort of in service for over a decade at this point and um uh you know that discovery is a brand new ship and is a science vessel and you know is designed for, for for you know a different purpose and and i did kind of from a sort of geeky fan point of view i i like the fact that they threw that in there as a sort of differentiator if you like um you know, they're ships that are designed for different purposes. Mm, and, um, yeah. y- y- you know, I-, I thought that was good. What do we think whilst on that subject? Um, how did everybody feel about the, the in inverted commas, classic uniforms um, making a brief appearance in this episode? I thought it was the smart thing to do. Uh, and sure, they they updated the collars a little bit, right, to give it a, a different, you know, just yeah. so it's not the same thing. But um, I did notice that he quickly reverts to the Discovery uniform. Uh, Pike does, right? Yeah. And uh, yes. I don't know. I, I wasn't opposed to the the Star Trek uniforms. It's, it's one of those things like Klingon makeup, you know, that... In every every episode, every iteration uh, of Star Trek has to put its own spin on, um, and and I I just accept it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, um, also an interesting bit of casting was the uh, the science officer who I think his name was Conley in that um, in the, the the one who basically gets wiped out in the in the meteor shower um, yeah. later, but um, there is an officer in the cage because I did actually watch the cage before watching this, which is what a nerd I am. But um, <laughs> uh, and there is um, there's a scene where um, 
his officers report into him on the bridge. And um, there is another science officer with Spock, you know, wearing a blue, blue tunic. And um, casting wise looks very much like that guy, actually. So, you know, one could say that maybe that's the same character, potentially. I don't know. But um, I, I did kind of I don't know whether that was an intentional detail. But if it was, um, you know, I salute them for that because, uh, you know, you know, I like my continuity and, uh, y y you know, that just seemed to make sense. So, um, yeah, though they did use them as a gag for, oh, when, totally. for, for <laughs> when they beamed aboard and uh, you get the close up of the ear. We're all expecting it to be pointy. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I mean, I've got on the whole, I really enjoyed this episode. I, mm. I liked the the action and the pace of it and the look of it and and, you, you know, and all of that stuff. The the only scene I did have a bit of a problem with was the um, turbo lift scene. Yes. With the uh, with the uh, um, is it a sorry amphibious? Is it yeah. a Saurian or whatever? But uh, that that had a cold and um, y y you know sneezing on that dude's face. Um, I, I just thought that that was a little too Orville for my liking. I don't know. I had a bit of a problem with that bit. Yes, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very Orville. And I've not even seen the Orville, but I know no. that that's the sort of thing that, that that's that's where I'd expect to see a sort of gag like that. And um, yeah, you know, I know they're trying to lighten up a bit with this season, which is fine. But um, you, you know, that to me was uh, I, I just thought that was no no pun intended, but a bit on the nose. <laughs> so <laughs> what did you? Um, there was well, talking about that scene, there was a, an exterior shot of the turbo lift moving through Discovery. What did you guys think of it? Because it looked like a some sort of crazy uh, roller coaster ride, yeah. <laughs> inside of inside of a pinball machine, but uh, no, I, I kind of like the fact because this is the first time we've ever sort of actually properly seen the the inner workings of the starship like that, and um, you know it makes sense because we know it doesn't just it's not like a conventional elevator that goes you know from floor from deck to deck, it, but it but you know it goes to other places on the. Um, on the ship as well so yeah i i, I kind of like that shot actually from a from a sort of nerdy point of view yeah okay what did you think yeah it didn't really register for me it was just uh it, you know i think it sort of got swept up in some of the glitz and uh i remember just thinking how pretty this whole episode was you know they really wowed us and um I, I didn't think it was, I don't know. It's, uh, it's not my nerddom, right? Like, uh, uh, of, of, of trying to explore the inner workings of the ship. There's part of me that's like, no, you would never put an elevator on the outside of a ship because that's where you would put the quarters so that you had better visibility, right? And views your, your internal, uh, you, you'd put the elevators in the internal, core of the building but i um you know it's me being stupid no not at all i it's it's a perfectly um it's a perfectly relevant point i think so uh you know but uh yeah i mean it, it i thought that was okay but i mean there were a lot more i mean i, I was i was getting very sort of um you know into the uh it, it, i was really pleased to have pike 
in this actually and that I was kind of really enjoying that aspect of it I know we've obviously got number one to come as well at some point um which will be interesting how they how they sort of uh bring that character into it and again I have no problem with that because we've seen very little of that character so far so we've got a you know a vague idea what she looks like and and what her function is on the ship but other than that we know very little about her and I and I'm kind of think well you know they've got a great actress uh coming to to play her so I think you know bring it on as far as that stuff I've got more time for that sort of thing than I have reintroducing major characters that's yeah. that's that's the bit that i'm more wary of if you know what i mean okay so the um the the actress who was in the uh who was the red coat uh the red uniform that wasn't number one no no that was um oh that was... thank fuck for that because i was yeah, like no. the, the 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 piece they put on her face was hilarious because it looked like an old re- one of those retainers yeah external retainers yeah, yeah. Now that they've been seen before and I'm, I'm unfortunately i'm not enough of a trek nerd to be able to tell you what the species is or what next gen episode they were in but i know i know that they've been seen before um also rebecca remain is going to play number one that's and that was not rebecca remain right. oh, okay yeah that's correct no she was um th- this character that they introduced was well obviously some sort of uh engineering um uh personnel i guess if she had the red top or whatever <laughs> so, yeah but they i mean they did it so that they had a red blue and yellow uh <laughs> colored um uniform appear on the uh of the show really didn't they Cause she didn't she didn't actually serve a lot more to the story no particularly other than other than that but she um she obviously survived despite the uh the color of a spacesuit you know <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> which which was which was uh which is a good thing but um but i i know i mean i'm sure if they're there are real you know trek guys that know every episode out of the you know 750 episodes i think it is including these two so far of star trek um are probably screaming right now at their device uh with the with the name of that species and the episode that they appeared in. But, um, but I, I'm sorry, I can't actually, I don't actually know what that is. I don't like, like I've said before, I've, uh, I've, I've not seen every episode of Star Trek until, um, we've got up to, well, from, from enterprise onwards, I probably saw them all, uh, but any, anything prior to that, I'm always playing catch up with, you know, <laughs> mm. That's all right. I've seen every episode of Trek at least once, and I could not tell you what the species name is. Right, right. Okay, good. Right. That, that makes me feel slightly better then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, and then, of course, we, we, we need to... Uh, um, so, obviously, Pike comes on board. You know, we establish the uh, the mission of that, of, of that episode, you know, where they have to go, and we, and we get there, and... Um, you know essentially they're on a rescue mission um with lots of obstacles in the way which which i thought was good um one of the things i did notice which um i'm sure is an alex kurtzman uh easter egg in there and i particularly enjoyed this one because it's a non-trek easter egg but the um the 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 registry number of the uh the medical ship or whatever it was that they were going to rescue um was actually 815 which of course 
is actually a lost reference because that's the uh, the, the the flight number, um, you, you, you know, of, of the air, of the airline in in uh, in Lost, which Kurtzman was of course involved in, and JJ obviously who did the uh, the movies was involved in, and um, I like that because I actually have that as an Easter egg in in my film. Uh, driven insane so uh, <laughs> i got a little kick out of that one but i doubt whether many people noticed it <laughs> no not, not particularly no yeah. i think i think a lot of people try and forget lost <laughs> <laughs> well there you go but that, yeah that's a whole nother podcast for sure mm. um <laughs> so uh you know they get down to the they get onto the rescue mission um a lot of action uh in in that how how do we feel about that and and of course we're introduced to another character at this point which i'm assuming we're going to see again but i yeah i don't know um but you know uh, pete you know a little bit about the backstory of of this particular actress right yeah tignataro is a stand-up comedian i was thrilled when she came on the screen um because i've uh seen her stand up i think she's hilarious and uh, she also had a uh, Amazon Prime series, uh, I think somewhat loosely autobiographical. She, I first heard of her because uh, she did a set uh, that's become legendary uh, after receiving a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, and so uh, she did this comedy set immediately after that has become the stuff of legend and in, in comedy circles. And I've heard about it, but I never saw it. Um, but then they did a documentary about her and, and that set. And I watched the documentary and I love her. I think she's hilarious. So I was really happy to see her in this episode and I kept looking for her and brother, but, uh, I hope we get a lot more of her. Well, yeah. yeah Cause they were kind of setting up that, um, Discovery's engineer was going to leave, and they were looking for a replacement. And uh, she looked, she she felt like she was perfect for the job. I mean, the yeah. fact that she can keep all her crew members alive yet be not being a doctor. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, no. I, I'd like to see more of her. Tell the truth, she was you know that brief moment she was on screen. She was you know she came across very strongly, and uh, you know you you could see her like. Being kind of like uh, a Doctor McCoy kind of character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this was a little bit like, um, kind of, you know, there's always the joke about the next Next Generation season one didn't really have a a chief engineer as such. It had like yeah. kind of chief engineer of the week, as it were, until oh, yeah. they uh, until they uh, you know promoted Geordie from being the blind navigator to the yes. chief engineer. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thought she was actually, um, you know, came across really well. And, um, you, you know, we, we didn't sort of end, end up finding out what happened to that character. So I'm hoping that it means that, that, that she'll be back. But mm. uh, um yeah, I, I don't. In fact, in fact, in terms of other characters, the other one that's been in both episodes in a very, very minor role has been, I believe, the character's called Doctor Pollard, 
but it's the um yeah. you know the new chief medical officer and i just like the fact that you know like in 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 brother burnham says that she's a a a, a really bad patient and then as the doctor walks by she sarcastically goes uh-huh and um and then in the uh in in the episode we just had with Tilly where, where she's in sick bay and uh, she, she sort of goes, yes, nearly died. You, <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite sort of, she's almost got that sort of, um, you know, abrupt Dr. McCoy esque kind of feel. So yeah. I, I don't know whether that's a character that will, um, that will get sort of more fleshed out uh, as, as the show goes on or not. Quite but, possibly, um, but I think that brings up another point. What do you think of Tilly's imaginary friend? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that yeah. goes to the supernatural. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, okay, as we sort of move forward, I suppose, in, into the second episode, um, uh, it, it was funny because, in many respects, as you've already pointed out, and rightly so, it, it, it was. It, it felt sort of the most Star Trekky that we've had of Discovery, and it was in many ways a um, sort of a self-contained, you know, mission of the week type episode. But at the same time, did sort of feed into this overarching, you, you know, storyline that that they seem to be setting up for the season, and and obviously the things with the red angels and and all of that but but yes interestingly uh it has sort of introduced uh, another aspect now for um for tilly as well and i don't know whether this is something that refers back to that individual you know sort of green spore or whatever it was that landed on her at the end of season one i don't know whether you remember that but there was um they set something up that kind of landed on her shoulder and disappeared. And I don't know whether, you know, this to do with the mycelial network and whatever, I don't know whether this has anything to do with that. Um, I, do don't, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that, but it's kind of interesting that you said red angels because everybody else has been referring to it as red angel as, as in a singular. Oh, are you, sorry. Are you, no, 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 but no, no, but it, I, it might have been just a slip of the tongue, but, would it not be kind of interesting if it was more than one i mean there's seven there's seven points of light and so far what seems to happen is that the discovery goes to where one of these points of light is and they have to you know either rescue somebody or avert a disaster and i don't know if that's going to be the pattern for every one that they're going to visit but it quite easily could be Mm. quite easily quite easy I, i'll tell you one thing one thing again i i can nitpick overall i enjoyed both of these episodes i've mm-hmm. enjoyed them a lot but um one of the things with new eden that that i was slightly i did sort of slightly roll my eyes at while i was watching it is uh is is the spore drive suddenly going to become a plot device to get them out of all or into (laughs) all sorts of shit because i did i did kind of think to myself when they were like oh you know um that 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 you know that planet so many light years away and it will take us 
you know, 200 years to get there and I won't see my unborn children's children in the time it will take. And they're like, oh, no, that's not a problem. We got a spore drive. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, you know we, we can we can break out the spore drive. Run to it, Mr. Stamets, you know, and <laughs> and, and I was just kind of like I did roll my eyes slightly because I'm like, OK, I know they've established this and we know that it works and we know that, you know, um, uh, Stamets connect as an interface and all, all this sort of stuff. But I did sort of think to myself, oh my God, I hope it's not going to be, you know, every time there's some desire. I mean, I mean, this felt like a, a, a genuine old Trek episode, right down to the fact that it was filled with techno babble about converting the deflector dish and and you know <laughs> creating a magnetic array and you know all, all, all of this usual stuff that we are used to from you know next gen and all that sort of thing but I, I did sort of think to myself oh fuck I, I really hope that this um you know because the way they kind of concluded last season was almost like well you know, never again drives yeah. clap and this is why Voyager couldn't use it to get home and you know all this sort of shit you know they, they kind of put the lid on it and now all of a sudden two episodes in here they are using it again and uh, I did like the way that Pike went whoa and, and Saru goes you never forget your first <laughs> well but the thing is not only did they use it to travel there but they also used it as part of the, the plan to you know avert the disaster that was going to happen um yeah, I'm like you. I thought, well, that'd be it. And uh, as soon as they went, oh, it's really far away. I was like, oh, spore drive. And also the fact that they're now trying to work on a way that um, they don't have to put um, Stannis into the into the, the chair anymore. I mean, uh, yeah, Tilly, the meteorite. yeah, yeah because yeah. Tilly was working on the uh, the dark matter. Uh, yeah. So obviously they're going to come up with a way of being able to use it without a human uh, counterpart. But um, we shall wait and see, shan't we? It might just be something that they just drop and we don't ever see again. It was it was particularly ridiculous in the US, I think, because, I, I don't know, I'm guessing again that you guys aren't, didn't get this, but um, they did a, uh, you know, like what happened last season on... Mm -hmm. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, we, we got and, that. We got oh, that. Oh, you yeah. got that? Yeah. Because they, like, in that thing, they go, you know, they have Stamets saying, one last time, mm. right? And so <laughs> it's like 10 minutes between Stamets saying, one last time, and then being like, yep, let's go. And yeah. Stamets is like, I'm in board, right? Like, <laughs> nothing to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, that you know, again, being massively nitpicky but um uh i think this is something that you brought up last season um simon that i'm that i'm seeing more and more is much as i really like the the michael burnham character yeah. and uh, i love sonica martin green's portrayal of her and all this i, I think it's great but at the same time you, you know, you've you've mentioned about the whole sort of Mary Sue phenomenon, you know, <laughs> and it's and she does seem to literally have an answer for everything. I know. <laughs> just, I, just I need it. You know? I was just like um, when when she came up with the yeah, it it, it, it it did feel very much like that. I mean, the fact that you know the you know Christopher Pike sort of knocks her down, and she like 
gets back and says, well, no, I'm going to give you the, um, you know, the answer to this, this question. And also, you know, nobody on this crew would, it's like, oh, fuck it. Why don't you just make her the captain? She's, she's perfect. She's great. <laughs> I mean, when, when they got into the pods and they're going through, it's like, she'll be fine. She'll have, probably have to rescue somebody, but she'll be fine. And, um, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm not saying that as a character she hasn't been through it in the first no, season. No, but... She went through the ringer yes. and all that, which so I'm not saying that she hasn't earned anything. But. I mean, that was kind of interesting, but now that she's been redeemed and um, her sort of past has sort of been uh, just like a footnote or something to bring up as a bit of a dig... Um, you know, I, it's again, it's this whole thing where she doesn't do any wrong. I mean, mm. at least with, I don't know, at least with like Picard or um, Cisco, they, they all made mistakes and they all, they always had people around them to talk to. I mean, it is really weird when you think that, you know, as much as Christopher Pike's the captain, he doesn't really seem to be the captain of his own ship. When, you know, I mean, they're, they're already good. They're already good friends. You know, they're talking heart to heart about Spock. It's just like literally like that. It's like, do you, do you not want to maybe just because I know how I am when I meet new people. I don't get all, get along with them like that, you know, straight yeah. away. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Peter? Are we being uh, unfair about this or do you feel a bit of that as well? Sorry, I'm coughing. I have myself on mute. Um, I uh, I get the criticism. It's weird. I'd never heard of a Mary Sue. I think until our podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, funny enough, Mary Sue was actually a, a piss take out of fan fiction and from Star Trek. From yeah. Star Trek, yeah. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know these fans would write themselves you know, as part of the, the, the crew and they would be best friends with Kirk and you know, they'd be telling Spock about his logic being wrong and, you know, totally perfect. I mean, Mary Sue, I mean, we, you know, this, this is something that's come out of like the uh, new Star Wars trilogy from The Force Awakens, but Mary Sue was a joke. The idea of this character was to demonstrate how bad other writers were yeah. putting, you know, but now we use it to say, well, look at this character. She's, she's perfect. She just fits in with everybody. And, you know, she, I, it's, it's kind of going that way. It's just it's that weird because she's, she's perfect, you know? I don't know. I don't think she's that perfect. I, well, I I, 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 okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of say where I'm coming from. No need it, to backtrack. It, but, I mean, in the first series... You know, she had a very, you know, she had a very interesting journey. And, you know, when she gets to the end, you kind of feel you, you've been along with her. You, you've, you felt like how she was the outsider and she's slowly came in and she's become part of the crew. But now um, it's just so weird. I mean, it's she is a crew member, yet she is really filling the part of the captain. And it's it's. It's, it, it, they just should just make her the captain. Make her the captain, and then she can play the captain. 
because it's kind of weird to have this character who's the science officer who's making most of the decisions, you know, or coming up with the plans when before we used to, you know, it being the captain. And so far, the captain's not going, no, actually, that's not a good idea. Or it's, mm. yeah, you know, it's, it's that's that weird thing because of her position on the crew it feels very much like she should be the captain or she, you know it, it, it's it's so weird because it is because she's yeah. incredibly likable i mean yeah. i really i really like the character and as i said i like the performance as well but there are just a few bits like i, I think i think in um in brother tilly Tilly comes up with with some sort of semi viable plan, um, and Burnham sort of turns around straight away and says, "Oh no no no, that ain't gonna work." But if you do techno babble, techno babble, techno babble, and enhance yeah, this with yeah. techno babble, it'll work. And Pike goes, "You know, get to it." You know, and and it's just like she's always right. <laughs> it's like you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I suppose Spock used to do the same thing. To be fair, so but you know, you, you, you had a counterpoint to Spock, though. You had McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, That's you know, true, if, yeah. this is. I mean, this is the thing. When with the original series, you 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 had the the triumphant. You you had Kirk, who you know he had the final say, but he would listen to Spock and he would listen to McCoy as well. Spock was the head, and McCoy was the heart. Yeah, but do you think that's what they're trying to do, although maybe not completely successfully, but do you think that's what they're trying to do with Saru in this show? Because yeah, I don't Saru, know that they're doing that successfully. No, no. I'm not sure they are. In fact, in fact, I always feel, end up feeling sorry for Saru because he kind of, yeah. the, minute, the minute he gets the ship, it gets sort of taken away from him. But it's like, uh, you, you, you know, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's kind of like... Um, always the first officer never the captain kind of thing isn't he but yeah um, though this that weird thing where the uh pike says it's a co-captaincy near the end of the uh first episode i mean when uh saru takes over for the the capture of of the part of the meteor so yeah i i don't know it's just it's it's a weird thing it's i don't know they, again it might be a star trek thing where they're still trying to find their feet you know, second series has usually historically been pretty bad. <laughs> you know, it's the one where they're, they're still trying to find their feet. And then uh, usually by the third series is where they they seem to get things. But it they it's but I mean, Discovery has, you know, it has this thing where their leading character is a member of the crew is, the, the, you know, member of the crew bridge, the uh, bridge crew, sorry. And, but yet she's still the lead and she's behaving like she's the captain. Uh, it's just, it's weird because it's, it's kind of like, well, you set these rules up and they should sort of abide to them a bit more. It's like, you know, if she isn't, she's so vocal. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, by the way, talking of finding their feet, I don't know whether you thought this, but for a second there, 
when that phaser exploded and you know pike jumped on it oh, yeah. i thought i thought oh no is this isn't where he ends up in a wheelchair <laughs> speaking <laughs> you know speaking through a, a, a morse code thing is it you know, it's like, <laughs> i was like surely it's too early for that right <laughs> yeah i no i we won't see that no um you know, we're, we're, we're in, you know, we're in shiny, techie future Star Trek, you know, where everything is curable. And uh, they might oh, have yes. they might have that vial of calm blood stored somewhere as well. You know. no, 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 nobody dies in sci-fi. Yes, we, yeah. we, 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 we know that one. And that and that kind of all started with Star Trek, to be fair. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, well, at least at least in the, in the original <laughs> Star Trek films, it was interesting it's this not just like, well, Khan's blood can cure any disease, even death. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're in they're in the wrong timeline for that, aren't they? <laughs> um, oh, okay, right. Here's a question: When do oh, you when, when do you think Khan's going to come into it? Because they 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 as I say, they're going back to the well. They're digging up the old characters. They got Spock. I'm sure Kirk Kirk's going to make an appearance at some point. And so, you know, we're 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 gonna get Khan, aren't we? Again, yeah, it's another know, character. I mean, I've, I've I've heard that um, Nicholas Mayer was developing a uh, Khan mini series that mm-hmm. was going to sort of take place after Space Seed, but before Wrath of Khan. Okay, you know, in that. Sort of, but I I don't know. I I think that one may just be on the back burner now but i know there was talk of it at one point and mm. i don't know whether i mean obviously if anybody's going to do it i think nicholas mayer would be a really good choice to do it yeah. um but i i you know i, I again I, i'm i'm back to exactly what i said at the beginning is i'd far sooner explore these new characters and explore you know new worlds and new, new civilizations than i would you know go back and deal with stuff where we already know the outcome yeah <laughs> it's personally but, oh you know. uh, sorry you just saying that right now just made me remember psych um when at the beginning of of brother of the opening episode when she was doing her monologue i for a second thought she was doing a new opening line you know oh yeah yeah it, it, I think it really uh, sounds if very yeah. for a, for a second it sounded like they were doing the whole you know you know space the final frontier you know it, yeah. it, it, and but you know doing it really you know, sh- well shit <laughs> tell the truth <laughs> I mean it was just like wow this is really rambly oh wait a minute this is not it oh thank god you know <laughs> these are the continuing voyages of a science officer on the Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, so far, honestly, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what we said about season one, to be honest. It was, you know, you can go in and, it is it is different Star Trek, which is both sort of a blessing and a curse, I guess. And it's easy to nitpick it big time, mm-hmm. but I think they're 
you know, they're, they're definitely well-made shows. And, you know, that at the moment, if I had to summarize it in one word, I'd say fun. It is fun at the moment. And, uh, you, you, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm always, the minute the next episode's available, I'm watching it. <laughs> so uh, that, that's got to mean something, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have to say, um, I'm enjoying the, enjoying this series a lot more than I did the first series. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, okay. I, 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 you know, I, I mean, I, I watched these episodes back to back last night, and I, I must admit, I, when I saw the image for New Eden, I thought mm, I might just give it, you know, just have a little break and maybe come back to it sort of today, and. Um, uh, Antonia was with me and she said well let's you know let's watch it and I'm, you know I'm glad I did but I did notice it was a lot shorter than the first episode the first episode was an hour and then the second episode was 45 minutes yeah, yeah well we're back to that you know uh, web, web based stuff again aren't we well so... I, I heard that the episodes are going to be different lengths yeah yeah but they, well, they were last be. season too yeah, True. yeah. I mean, last, but I, they last felt like they were yeah. all about an hour, though. Well, we like, actually had the shortest episode ever outside of the um, animated series um, last season. There was one episode that was barely forty minutes. I think it was like thirty-five minutes, and that included the the credits, the pre-cap, the recap, and okay. all of that stuff. So, I think last season was. I can't remember what episode it was, but there was one that was definitely the the shortest out of all of the, you know, 700 and whatever it is episodes so far. But, um, yeah, it's kind of... But, Pete, I need to ask you, particularly as you're our guest here, um, you know, I remember when we talked about this back in March of last year and it was the end of season one, Um you know, you had quite a lot of worries, you know, going into season two. And I just wondered, you know, are, are those worries still there? Have you forgotten about them? You know, how are you feeling about it all? So my worries are still here, particularly because I have watched some of the trailers. And uh, it's going, you know, the trailers are heavy. Section 31, which... Uh, makes me nervous. Um, makes me nervous that we're going to dip back into uh, the mirror universe, which I am vocal about hating. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, but what what I will say is that the these first two episodes have been, I think, really good. Uh, like you said, the you know the second episode is 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 a pure Star Trek episode, right? For a, like classic format, classic, uh, you know, moral thing of the week. And moral dilemma. Got, yeah. Yeah. Moral dilemma. And it's got the added benefit of also tying in to a larger arc, um, which is, you know, some of my favorite stuff about Star Trek enterprise. Um, and those, those good series, uh, episodes, um, so uh, I, I, I do have worries, but what I remember from the end of last season was that I, I really liked the season. And even though I was nervous at different times, I just had to put my faith in the writers of 
uh, of discovery and, and listen to the story that they were telling. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I think they told a good story. So what I keep reminding myself this time, uh, is, is just put, put your faith in the writers cause they haven't broken it yet. Um, right. Like they haven't let me down yet. Sure. There've been things that I disagree with. There are, you know, directions the story take that sometimes I think is dumb, but, um, uh, mm-hmm. overall, uh, I'm letting them create their art and I'm enjoying it, which, which should be, you know, the goal, right? What it's all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should be experiencing someone else's vision and creativity, um, and, in, and getting some sort of enjoyment out of that. So, I, I think that's what I was able to do with season one. And that's what I was able to do with these first two episodes. Um, so I don't want to, I, I don't want to apply too much of my own fears. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost uh, scared to mention the word, but I know we, as well as talking about production and stuff uh, of the shows, we, we talked a lot, lot last time about Canon <laughs> and, and and I just wondered. I mean, I, I've got I've kind of got my thing now. Uh, how I deal with it all in my head. Um, but I just wondered, you know, before I go into that, whether or not you know what what you guys think about uh, you know the continuity, if you like. I did find myself uh, as I thought back on season one this week. Thinking like, man, how did how did we wrap our heads around the continuity <laughs> of season one? Like, how are we okay with that? Because it seems really weird. Um, and um, and I couldn't remember how we did it. And so now I'm a little bit afraid to go back to season one and wrap my head around the continuity. And yeah, I think uh, the continuity is just going to be weird. You can't introduce an estranged sister um, to a character that we've lived with for for fifty years, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not have it affect the continuity. Um, but that's what they're doing. So, what, what about you, Simon? Or do you even care? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, as I say, uh, if we're talking continuity from s- series to series, well, I don't know. It, it seems well. I we haven't seen much of Starfleet, to tell the truth. So we don't know kind of what kind of state they're in. Um, I mean, so far it seems like everything's back to normal, but um, you know, I I don't know. Um, uh, maybe we'll see more of of what's happened to the Federation since the uh, Klingon War. Um, mm-hmm. But as I say, I always feel like they're they're trying to reboot the whole Star Trek franchise so that everything will be, you know, this new, you know, shiny, glistening, you know, Star Trek instead of the old, you know, filled filled with holograms. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's they're, they're they're making Star Trek for a new generation, 
but they are yeah absolutely yeah. no abs- that's absolutely what they're yeah. doing i mean it, they're, they're it's, be- it's the pepsi of <laughs> it's yeah. the pepsi of star trek no i mean i mean they're basically the the the, the showrunners and the filmmakers now are actually our generation that are making it for you know the millennials today i mean that's essentially what 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 it is and um uh you know and i i obviously get the 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 production reasons and the technology reasons and you know all of that stuff as to why you know it it, it it's it's different and and i enjoy that and i accept it and i embrace it but if i if i'm being a you know filmmaker aside and i'm being just a pure star trek universe uh star trek geek if you like right the 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 way i've come to peace with it in my uh in my head canon as it were and um uh you know this 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 allows for you know the differences in the the history and the design and the you know replicator and hologram technology and and you know all of that sort of stuff and it also in my head keeps it exciting for the future of the characters as well is i simply look at it as you know jj's films they absolutely established that that took place in a different timeline that changed when spock and nero and whatever came back from the future you know the whole back to the future thing you know the alternate reality and and you know it created that and of course we've got the mirror universe which is a completely you know, different universe reality uh, with stuff. But the way I look at it is just like, you know, a film that I'm dying to talk about at some time, at some point on the podcast is, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, right? Which, yeah. which I frigging love. But I, I look at Star Trek the same. And I think, you know, there are like, like in that parallels episode with Worf, you know, in the next generation, there are, many 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 ripples in different timelines and alternate realities and basically we had our prime reality we've got our kelvin reality we've got our mirror universe reality and this to me what is happening now is something that's not quite skewed as far as the kelvin timeline but i call it like the prime a timeline in my head and that explains why some of the history is different, why some of the technology, you know, the replicator and hologram technology and design of the uniforms and ships and all of that stuff. It makes it all make sense. Okay. It means we don't know necessarily that the characters are going to, you know, that Pike's going to end up in a, in a wheelchair, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. And in those other timelines, maybe Sarek, um, adopted a, a a human child that grew up with spock but then maybe they didn't in those other timelines you know maybe in the kelvin timeline that didn't happen maybe in the original series prime timeline that didn't happen and you know pike would have indeed had his mission from the cage but maybe it was slightly different this time and by doing that you know I then stop worrying about all the continuity and just get down to enjoying the storytelling. And, you know, for, 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 for my two cents, that's, that's how I deal with it guys. So I've given you that one. There you go. Easy. 
just 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 think of it as a different timeline and it's fine <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean i think that's how most people see it i mean it's you know classic trek has its own look um you know next generation led on from that as well as the as the films um this is just as i say they're just doing it new i mean it's a shame that they came out and said it's you know the the prime timeline it's the original timeline but um but i think again this goes down to legals because i don't think they could because of the uh, Paramount movie thing they couldn't set this in the uh, Kelvin timeline no anyway. I know I know that I know that I, uh, but I think if they just said that and said well you know in this is again they, they, they're doing that thing where they're that they're, they're going for the fans but they're also you know throwing out the wide net as well if, if, if they just said you know, this is a new timeline. This is this is going to be our new Trek. But instead they said, no, no, this is the prime timeline. This is, you know, this is what happens before Kirk and Spock. So, you know, from, from that reasoning... Or just things, Kirk now. <laughs> well, well things, things will go down, you know, seems things go pretty badly for the uh, Federation and their ships start looking a bit older and clunkier and you know and yeah it's it, it you know and they, cybots it is mums yeah <laughs> I, it's <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah i mean it, i think most people just see it as its own thing and you know they i don't think they try and connect it up with the old trick because it won't it's just there's, there's no way it, you know, I don't, you know, they, as we say, we, we've introduced that Spock's got, you know, a half-human sister. And um, and she plays a big part in in this, this, the Star Trek franchise. It's, um, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, CBS owns Star Trek and they're, they're trying to make as much money as they can out of it, and um, if Discovery was a big failure, they would um, go back and they would do something else with Star Trek, you know. And as I say, we've got the the further adventures of John Luke Picard. In God, his future must look really shiny, because if the past <laughs> is this shiny, fucking hell, you know, the next generation. Uh, timeline time now or it's beyond the next generation timeline you know they do they even need ships to fly around you know <laughs> hey Pete at least Enterprise is relevant that's the only one that's relevant in any <laughs> now is Enterprise who knew yeah. who knew right yeah. Yeah. do you think we'll get anybody from Enterprise ever show up in this like feasibly um, T'Pol could still be alive right and it doesn't matter that the actress is aged because that would make sense right feasibly to paul could be in this episode mm. uh yeah in this yeah feasibly she could be alive I, i'm sure there's some other i mean they also never talk about the lifespan of denobulans uh so i'd love to see 
how John Billings, uh, he's always up for work, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, John Billingsley was in a most in a recent episode of um, of Orville. Oh, and uh, yeah, 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 it was one of those things where you know you're just so used to seeing him in the flocks makeup, mm. and then he's he's on screen, and I'm like, why do I know that voice? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, but one thing's for sure. Okay, if nothing else, we know that in 30 years we've all got World War Three to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> which is kind of depressing but i did sort of think well, when, when they were saying when, when pike was kind of given the history i was thinking shit that is literally you know 30 years away from now <laughs> i think and according to original zephyrin cochran you know <laughs> yeah in the original timeline though we're already past the eugenics wars yeah um so it's it's all out of the yeah yeah all messed up because oh, yes, I think the eugenics wars that spawned Khan happened in the 1990s. That's right. And and Voyager went back to the 1990s at one point, and there was no mention of it, was there? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, there was no mention of the fact they could have got home in three seconds if they'd had a spore drive. <laughs> yeah, they just Indeed. have to find a space tardigrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, who knows? There you go. Well, I don't know. Anything... I mean, obviously, by the time this airs, there would have been, you know, another episode. Uh, I, what are what are we um, what, are, what are we looking forward to this moving forward then, or are we just taking it week by week? Are we liking the fact that we can't binge on this and it's week by week? How do you feel? I like it. I um, it you know I binged. Uh something else this weekend that I've been meaning to watch. And, um, and honestly now I can't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking like my plan for the weekend was to binge it. I succeeded in the plan and now I'm, you know, 10 hours of my life are gone and I can't even remember the name of the show. Yeah. Uh, so I, Oh, it, Oh yeah. It was sharp objects on HBO. Um, Oh my anyway. god! Yeah, which is kind of—I've seen it. It's kind of slow moving, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It took me two minutes of thinking of the show to remember what it was. Anyway, um, the uh, uh, but I like I like getting to savor uh, Star Trek. I like getting to look forward to Thursdays. You know? Yeah, I kind of wish they hadn't released Lost in Space in one go because I did. I did watch the whole series like in a in a day or a couple of days or something. And I do honestly find with 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 my recall, I don't know what it is, but if I um I think I've mentioned this before actually, but if I when I watch something week to week like Better Call Saul or Star Trek Discovery or whatever it is, um I look forward to it, but I also seem to retain it better than if I just watch a series in in one go. Um and uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know whether that's just the way my brain is wired because I grew up on having to watch things week week to week um, or what. But I, I, I do actually kind of enjoy it more that way. Uh, I like that getting to the end of the episode and thinking, oh, OK, I'm looking forward to tuning in next week. And I guess that's a bit of an old school way of looking at stuff. But um uh, I, I think there's still a place for it like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I prefer 
I, I must admit, I, I enjoy binge watching. I mean, I don't get to do it as much uh, of late, but uh, um, currently in the middle of watching The Handmaid's Tale, which is depressing. <laughs> which is yeah, yeah. This yeah, it, that that one gets really under your skin. Uh, yeah, but uh, still, kind of uh, watching it and seeing what happens in the first series and got the second series to go after that. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I agree. It's sometimes nice to sort of look forward to shows, but when it's a show where there's a through line and each story is connected, I I do find it, I prefer watching them back to back. I mean, maybe not everything in one day, but, you know, if, if you've watched a really good episode and you want to know what happens next, then you've got that option. Oh, yeah, 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 no, absolutely. But I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, I, I guess this is the world we live in now. There's so much stuff and we're all so impatient, you know, to, to get instant gratification. And it's, it's like the fact that, you know, they have to have a movie of a franchise every bloody year rather than, mm. you know, a gap of two or three years between them. And it's, you know, it's that supply and demand thing and it's like you said it's casting this net wider all the time and um you know who, whoever knew that there'd be too much content whoever knew that would be a problem you know <laughs> well yeah i mean that that's probably is the the, the the bigger problem is the fact that there are so many shows now i mean and so much stuff gets repeated i mean i hardly watch tv now because when i on it's always the same shows on but yet online um you know streaming wise there's there's tons and i'm still in like i've still not finished series that i've been watching and you know sort of jump around you know you've got several series on the go mm -hmm. when before it's you know you'd maybe be like two or three series that you'd be watching you know religiously every week you know, now there's so many. Not to mention all the movies and all the podcasts and all the things we want to talk about. There's so much. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, so, my podcast commitment has definitely ballooned in terms of things that I'm committed to listening to. And yeah, it's rough to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a first world problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, will, it will be completely wiped out in 30 years when World War Three happens, you know, um, <laughs> according, according to Star Trek law anyway, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so Pete, have you got anything else that, you know, I want you to feel you've had your say on this? Have you got anything that you wish to add uh, regarding anything to do with Star Trek or indeed anything else? No, I just, uh, you know, as always, thank you for letting me be uh, part of this club and uh, <laughs> talk about my favorite thing. <laughs> Great. And what about, is there anything you're working on at the moment that you'd, uh, that you'd like to mention or promote? Uh, no, thanks. I, I don't have a plug right now. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I know Simon, I know Simon, there, there was a point <laughs> You had a cutoff point that we've kind of reached. So, uh, and I mm. think we've, I think we've covered this, these these two episodes and the characters and where it might be going 
in 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 reasonable detail, haven't we? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Keith, I have to ask you, where can people find your work? Okay, well, uh, at the moment, um, I am featured in a, a web series that seems to be doing rather well. It's called Rebecca Gold. So if you Google Rebecca Gold web series, you'll be able to find out more details on that. I believe it's it's on Amazon, streaming on Amazon currently, I think, but I may have that wrong. No, you're um, correct. It is on Amazon Prime. Okay. And um, also, I am in the process currently of a writing uh, a feature with Mike Tack of Ap Apocalyptic Conservatory. Um, I've been in some of his films before. Uh, and there's a film at the moment called Judge, which we did scarily like in 2017 now, which is uh, scary <laughs> to think it was that far back. Um, but that's doing the rounds. And if you'd like to see any of my work that I've written and produced and directed myself, if you go to British Isles, that's E-Y-L-E-S on YouTube, um, there are... Uh, films there that you can check out as well so please do so yes and as always you can find my work at independentrunnings.com uh, I will be updating the Modern Love page um, as, uh, at some point uh, in the next couple of months um, if, if you've never visited the website um, if you go to the film pages you'll find there's like uh, uh, sections where I talk about how the films were made and uh, sort of behind the scenes and so I'm planning to do uh, to write one of those for, for Modern Love uh, but as you can imagine right now it's not the time to sort of be uh, talking about it in that kind of detail uh, until the sort of the film is, is out there uh, but um, yeah so uh, as I said at the beginning you know, busy getting the film finished and uh, hopefully, you know, be getting it out there in March. Uh, we certainly should be having the first screenings around then. And um, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube and all good podcast providers. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. So, that come, brings us to the end of uh, another Star Trek Discovery episode. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not the 750th episode yet, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Pete, for coming on. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you, sir. And, um, yes... Um, Hopefully we'll have some more episodes of the podcast out for you soon. Uh, still trying to figure out what to do next. But uh, please... Oh, I, I thought we had a plan. We kind right. of have a plan, but, you, you know, it, it hasn't been confirmed. But shh. Okay. <laughs> the, list, the listeners don't need to know that. We have a plan. Yes. It, we, 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 we have the podcast in seven points around the universe. Oh, that's <laughs> that's right and if you watch the episodes of discovery closely you will see the clues as to what the next episodes of movie heaven movie hell will be i like it 
that's the best place to end it. <laughs> Hit it.